Good deal. Well, I, you know, it's amazing to me how um, God just se seems to weave the message together um, even before I start. And, you know, we've been hearing themes of the faithfulness of God, that God is faithful. We've been hearing of things that He's good. We've been hearing of themes that, um, you know, I'm mad and I'm going to do some devil stomping. You know, I'm tired of getting kicked around. And um, all that today is in my message. So, I am delighted that, um, that I can participate uh, and, and flow in what, what God is saying to us today. So I hope you really just kind of turn on your, your, your listening ears here. We can, we can agree together with His Word. So, I want to talk today about growing in faith. And um, faith is a very key component for a Christian. That we learn to walk in faith. Because faith is what ignites the power of God to be released in your life. When you unite your faith with God's Word, something happens that is supernatural, that is very powerful, that can profoundly hit the mark on the areas that you want to see God move upon. But faith is the ingredient. If we were praying, faith is what, when faith joins prayer, faith is kind of like the key that unlocks the answer. Faith is what opens up heaven's resources for you. Faith is what brings the angel army to your assistance and helps you. Faith is what helps you when you, when you are down and you're struggling and you're believing that this is not my lot. This is not the way this is going to play out. Not on my watch. Because as you stand, as, as Matthew said, in your authority, and you know who you are in Christ, and you declare the Word of God over your life, there are three words that Satan does not want to hear. Three. And that is, it is written. When you declare the Word of God over your life, over your situations, those are the three words that will defeat him. Because when your faith unites with God's Word, then power is released. That's what you got to understand. When you unite your heart in faith with what God is saying in His Word over your situation, dunamis power is released to destroy the works of darkness. So He does not want to hear, it is written. When you declare the Word, as Jesus declared the Word, He didn't say anything else except the Word. That's all He did. When the devil tempted him, when he was in the wilderness, when he was tempted three times, he didn't mince words. He just declared the word. Yeah. That's all he did. He just said the word. And in that, when he united his heart and faith with the word, the devil had to leave him. It was over with. Power was released. So let's look at Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. If, if God demands that we all have faith, but he, um, but he did not give us or, or, or did not give us the means to obtain it or grow in it, then we would have a right to really question his justice. But if he has placed within our hands the means where faith can be produced, then the responsibility rests on us whether we have faith. Do you understand? So in that, God has told us that without faith it is impossible to please Him. But He's also told us how to obtain this faith. And He's told us how it comes to us. And it comes from Romans 10, 10 17. Let's look there, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So if, if we don't feel like we have faith, or we don't feel this anointing, um, it's not God's fault. To blame God that we don't have faith is really ignorance on our part. God is saying that He's provided the way whereby everyone can have faith. And what is that by? It's by hearing the Word. When you hear the Word, it's like a gift to you. Because the Word is power that releases faith to you to believe. So when you read it, there's a supernatural working that's going on inside of your life. And so... God is in each of you in this room to the degree that His Word is in you. Do you hear that? The measure of God inside each of you is to the measure of God's Word that is in you. Why? Because God and His Word are one. John 1.1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God cannot separate Himself from the Word because they're one. It's like the Word is still God uh, yesterday, and the Word is still God today. And the Word of God is Lord over every circumstance in your life. So God just can't separate Himself from this Bible. If I wrote a book on myself called Sam Finds Greatest Stories, and it would be a great hit. I'm sure bestseller on the New York Times. But in that, I can take that book that I wrote and I can put it on the shelf and I can separate myself from the book and I can go about and be about my business and I can work and I can go fishing and I can have fun. I don't have to be connected to my book that I wrote. God can't do that because... When you read his Bible, this is God. You're not reading mere words. You're reading words that are spirit and are life. So when you read the Bible, life is being imparted. It's a substance is coming into your inner man. And, and in that, there's life and it's a spirit. 
The Bible is a spirit. It is the spirit of God. So when you're reading it, it's like you're kissing God. You're, you're like, you know, I, I, I love when I watch the, the Hebraic, uh, when, you, when you see the Jews, when they do a Torah, uh, the priests don't kiss the, the, the scrolls. Because the word is to be sweeter, is sweeter than honey. And it's, it's, it's alive and active. This word is sharper than any two-edged sword. So the degree of how much God is in you is to the degree that this is in you. Makes sense. Okay. So each day, we are to put on the whole armor of God as believers. And I am freshly being just awaken to the reality of how critical it is not to go about your day spiritually naked. It's just not a good thing. Come on. You've got to be, you've got to have your full armor on because number one, you're a soldier. You're a soldier of the Lord. And a soldier doesn't go out in battle without having armor. Well, when it says, first of all, put on the belt of truth. And click it on. And, and what you're doing, is, who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. The scripture says that, that the word, the truth, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So literally what you're doing is, Jesus is the embodiment of the word of God. It's like you're you're it's like you're you're clicking on putting on Jesus. You're putting on this word click. This is all authority and all power and you're going to wear the word of God right there. And this is what holds all things together. God's word. It holds it all together. This is what is holding it, it he upholds everything by his word. So you got the word on. And, and then you put on the breastplate of righteousness. And in that, you're obeying the word. Righteousness is simply obeying God's word. So you're choosing to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You're making a declaration as a soldier of the Lord. Today I'm going to obey God's word in my life. Because Jesus says, if you love me, you'll love my words. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you love me, you'll do what I say. It's out of love. So the breastplate is protecting your vital organ, which is your heart. You're walking, you're watching out for your heart. So you're literally putting it on the Word. Because remember, John 1.14 says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, this last month I've been speaking on understanding the authority of Christ. And honestly, I have never realized how vitally important this topic is. Because a lot of times the enemy, to some degree, will leave you alone if you're not going to be a threat to him. But those that rise up in their authority and know who they are in Christ, realizing that 
You are seated with Christ in heavenly places in the mind of God. That you are actually above all principalities and powers in the evil one. When you're seated in heavenly places, you're far above all of the commotion under you. So in that, you're, that's where you exercise your authority is being seated next to your Savior. And in that, when you come into understanding that you have been given the right to take dominion, dominion over a situation, you have been um, given this incredible, uh, this house that we have as a body has been filled with the power of God, you will suddenly become marked by the devil. And I have not realized this until as I begin to grow and understand the authority that I have in Christ. Because he will go after those that know who they are. Because someone that is, knows that they have all authority and he has no authority. See, he has deceived the body of Christ for too long thinking that he is really powerful and we got a lot to be afraid of. But all of a sudden, the tables are being turned when the body of Christ rises up and says, you know what, enough is enough. We are the head and not the tail. He's not to be wagging us, we're to be wagging him. So in that, when you rise up in your authority, covered in the blood of the Lamb, holding the shield of faith, Helmet of salvation, which protects your mind from the lies of the devil. You take the sword of the Spirit and you put on your devil stomping shoes of the gospel of peace. You're a force to be reckoned with and that's why you become marked. So when somebody's coming into the revelation of understanding their authority in Jesus, it's when the battle begins to happen. And what happens is, is that he's come, to, he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. He can go after your family. And if he can't get any traction on going after your family, he'll go after your finances. If he can't get any traction in going after your finances, he'll go after your health. He'll go after your calling. He'll go after your anointing. He'll go after those that you love. But that's where we stand firm in the full armor of God and we say enough is enough. And we, by the word of God, declare it is written and we put him to flight. And so in that, we are in the driver's seat. He's not. It's too long that the body of Christ has been pushed around. Amen. We've been intimidated. We've been backed into the corner. And we are becoming somewhat irrelevant. And I believe that there's an awakening happening within the hearts and minds of God's people. And they're submitting to the authority of God. They're coming under His authority. You know, we're not just going out picking fights. But when the fight comes to us, we're going to know how to fight. So we submit ourselves to God. And the scripture says then, resist the devil. And what does it say after that? He will flee. He will flee. 
But you know what? He won't flee from somebody who doesn't know their authority. Do you know that? Because he knows they don't know who they are. He'll try to deceive you. He'll try to be, you know, come at you from other ways. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're a pushover. But when somebody is knowing this word and it's hidden in your heart and you're, you're, you're bringing it into your life and you're not only reading it, but you're obeying it, you become a dynamic and powerful threat against him. And that's how we destroy the works of the evil one. We're simply declaring his word in faith. Power is released and it destroys the works of darkness. It's trying to come after your finances. It's trying to come after your family members. Trying to come after your calling. You know what? When we declare the word, it is written. And you declare the word of God over your life. You know, the scripture says that we hold up the shield of faith to extinguish all the fiery darts, the missiles of the evil one. Do you know when you stand in faith and you declare the word of God, he's not getting some little missiles shot at him. He's getting atomic bombs dropped on his head. He's being destroyed. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. So we're only doing what he did. Our lives are, are, are his. And there's still work to be done. There's still evil to be destroyed that is happening all around us. And so in that, we're able to, to really see the enemy be destroyed having bombs dropped on his head. And in that, we are able to see the kingdom of God advance and grow on this earth. Your bottle, Your body is a vessel where... God's power can flow through you in such a manner that it upends the enemy. But he's looking for willing vessels. You know, there, the Apostle Paul, I want you to understand this. The Apostle Paul was a man that experienced more attacks in life than just about anybody else I can ever think of. You got to think about it. He was imprisoned many times. Beaten with rods, and to understand what rods were, they would take rods back in the Roman Empire, and they would they would they would they would break your feet. They would smash the top of your feet, so you couldn't walk. Well, they smashed his feet several times. He was exposed to death five times. He was whipped thirty-nine times by the Jews because of preaching the gospel. Five times. That was a scourging. They said the 40th whip would kill somebody. So they did 39 times. That happened five times to him. That's a bad day. But he never, ever gave up. He never stopped. He never threw up the white flag. I've had enough! He was like, he kept going and going. He was like an ever you know, just keep going and going. He was like, he was a man of faith. He was a man on a mission. And in the end, he received the crown. 
But there was something that kept Paul going. And that's the secret that I want to talk about right now. Because I believe the secret in helping him press on even under all these attacks was the power of God and the love of God that was resident within him. The power of Almighty God was so resident within his inner man, it gave him this ability to rise up out of every situation. I want you to read this with me because Ephesians 3, 14 says this. And I, I am making Ephesians 3, I'm making Ephesians 1 prayer of the Apostle Paul and the Ephesians 3 prayer of Apostle Paul. Ephesians 1 was, I pray... May God give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of your calling, that you might know what is the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and you might know the surpassing greatness of His power that is within you. Why did He say that? Because it was in Him. Power was in Him. So in that, he was strengthened from on high because he knew there was a power that was working within him that was a supernatural power. And this power was resident within his spirit man that helped him to press on in the faith. And that's why he said, I pray in Ephesians 1.19 that the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe and the working of the strength of his might that, that brought about Christ and raising him from the dead would be your experience. Yeah. That you would come to know that. Yeah. When he says know it, he means I want you to experience it. Because I want to, to, to understand the enormous power that was flowing through the Apostle Paul's spirit man. Let's look at Acts 14, verse 19 and 20. If we could pull that up on the screen. Acts 14, 19 through 20. But the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. Now basically, these were the Jews from another city because Paul, you know, they kicked him out of that city and he went to Lystra, which was another city. So he started preaching the, the gospel in this city called Lystra. Well, some of the other people from Antioch came and they did not like Paul. So they were stirring up trouble. They were dividing the city. And it was not good. So then it says this. Having won over the crowd. These people that came from another city. They won over the crowd. They stoned Paul. And they dragged him out of the city. Thinking that he was dead. That's how bad they stoned him. They thought he was dead. He was lifeless, not even moving. They thought he was dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. I mean, look, this is amazing. Paul was beaten to the point where his disciples thought he was dead. They're like, oh, poor Paul, that's a bad day, Paul. I mean, they're looking over him going, this is not good. You know? And Paul's laying there, dead, looking dead. And one eye goes, two eyes. <laughs> Lifts up his head. Hey, guys. 
What a day, huh? He stands up. After looking dead. And then he walks back into the city. Where the very people that stoned him. That's like, bring it on. You want some of me? Bring it on. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me. Do you know what raised him up from the dead as he laid there? The spirit of the living God was resident within his spirit man. And all of a sudden there was a rumbling deep inside of Paul. And all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord says, my son's time is not up. He still got more work to do. And he raised him up being stoned to the point where he looked dead. That's the exceedingly great power that he came to know that he prays is in you. The Spirit of God infuses, hits your spirit, man, and man, it's like, it's like a bomb going off on the inside of you. Your spirit, man, needs to be strengthened. You know what's happened? Is that the attacks that have come upon many of your lives, whether it be in your finances, in your marriages, in your families, wherever the, you know, it's a personal attack. When it comes within your realm, your sphere of influence, it's a personal attack. What happens is, is that our spirit man gets somewhat weakened and we retreat within ourselves. We retreat. We kind of like go in the cave. Woo! Man, this is tough. This is tough. But we weren't made to live in, in caves. Come on. You weren't made to live hiding under a bush. Yeah. You weren't made to, to just, you know, crawl into the corner. Your spirit man was made to live. And, and the way that it lives is that all of a sudden it comes alive with a supernatural power that is the spirit of the living God. He comes into your spirit, man, and all of a sudden you're like, "Woo! I, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid. Get a remember, the one that spoke and the universe was created is in you. He's in you. So when He speaks, things happen. So Paul just had a glorious encounter with the Spirit of the living God as he's laying there looking dead and all of a sudden he rises up. Come on, boys. It isn't over yet. There's work to be done. And they went back into the city. Come on. That's a mighty God working through them. Because of the surpassing greatness of God's power that He prayed that we would come to know is what was dwelling in Him and raised Him up. I, I just want you to begin, I, a church, I want you to begin to pray that Ephesians 1 prayer every day yeah. until you get a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Until the eyes of your understanding are light. If you need to pray that for, for months or a year, keep praying that. Pray Ephesians 3. 
that I pray you be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Woo! That you be rooted and grounded in love. Let it begin to become a part of your life. Because that was the secret to Paul being able to go through such adversity and to survive. Having your inner man strengthened with power enables you to what? Stay in faith. Yeah. Because he's a faithful God, but it enables you to stay in faith because when your spirit man is weakened, it's hard for you to be in faith. When your spirit man has been battered around, you've been knocked around, it's hard for you to stay in faith because the enemy, the one thing he's going after is your faith. Why did Paul say, I kept the faith? Yeah. I finished the race yeah. of the high calling in Christ Jesus because the enemy goes after your faith. Why does he go after your faith? Because if he can get your faith, he can rob it like a bird trying to, to get the seed, the seed of faith. If he can get your faith, then you don't have the catalyst that ignites the power of God's word to drop atomic bombs on his head. Because it takes your faith to believe it is written, declared over the enemy, and he's destroyed. So if he can get the thing that ignites the, the word of God, he's all right. He's just going to have his way. So he goes after your faith. Listen to this. Hebrews 10, 10 through 13. Look with me there. Hebrews 10, 10 through 13. By this we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never be take which can never take away sins but he having offered one sacrifice for the sins of all time sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet yes. Ephesians 1 uh, 22 through 23 the Apostle Paul begins to describe that Christ is the head of the church. We are his body. Remember, we are his body. He's the head. We are the body. When Christ was resurrected and raised and seated at the right hand of his father, guess what? His body went with him. Who is his body? You and me. So we're with Him. In the mind of God. Right now. As you're seated right there. Yeah, you're sitting in a nice cushioned chair. But your actual seat is being is right beside Jesus. In the Spirit. So, Jesus right now is seated at the right hand. And feet are attached to His body. Right? Whose feet are they? Are they his feet? No. They're our feet. It is your feet. 
Jesus is saying, your feet are the ones that are going to make the enemy his footstool. So, who are Christ's feet? You and me. Remember, we're the body, so we're the feet. So he's got to use our feet. So Jesus, what he's saying is, he's expecting that the body of Christ is going to tread Satan under your foot. He's saying, your foot was made to tread on him. And in that, I believe that God is waiting patiently for the body of Christ as we take our rightful place, seated with him in heavenly places, then we start doing some devil stomping until he returns. Because you've got to remember that the God of peace shall crush Satan under whose feet? Your feet. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. So that means your feet need to start doing some stomping. And, and you got to learn it's okay that you stomp. You know, someone's like, well, I don't want to pick a fight. I don't want to make him mad at me. Oh, come on. He's eating your lunch. So why don't you just rise up and say, enough is enough. And so in that, he's waiting for the body of Christ to take their authority, their dominion, and putting Satan underfoot. I want you to understand that the present day ministry of Jesus and how he channels his power uh, through your lives is, is equipping us here on earth to enforce the victory of the cross. The battle has been won. All we're doing is holding the line and enforcing the victory of Jesus on this earth. Because the enemy has been defeated. The enemy has been destroyed. He's been stripped. He was made a spectacle in front of all his cronies. Jesus destroyed him. And, but this victory is something that we're to, enf we're to enforce. That's kind of like in, in Vietnam. I know, I'm sure this is not the best analogy. But you know, we would win hills and battles in Vietnam. We would take a hill. Well, guess what? We wouldn't hold the line, keep the hill, and the enemy would come back on and, and, and get the hill again. So we'd have to go back and take the hill again, win the battle, hold the line, and all of a sudden it was just a, a, a back and forth, a back and forth. But it doesn't have to be a back and forth with us. The victory's been won. So all we get to do is be his enforcers. Yes. You're his enforcer. You're enforcing the greatest victory that's ever been won. The victory of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is an incredible privilege that we have as believers to minister uh, to those around us by, by doing some... These are my devil-stomping boots. <laughs> I'm going to put them on. You know what? It just makes me feel good when I put them on. And you know what? The boots, these boots were made for stomping. 
And you know what? They got a little bit of muck on them, a little dirt, because I've been doing some stomping lately. I'm going to get the carpet all dirty, but I don't care. You know, I got my camo stomping devil boots. I'm a little stealthy in the way I move. But I got my camo 100, 1,000 insulated gram devil stomping boots. When I stand in my authority yes. in Christ Jesus yes. and I know who I am, that I have been blood-bought, forgiven, and I have been given a new life in Christ Jesus, the, the moment I call upon the name of Jesus, I've been given the authority over the evil one. As soon as you become a born-again believer, you become in the authority. And there's someone else that has no authority, and that's the devil. So in that, the scripture says that he will, that he will tread, that he will make the enemy his footstool. Okay? Who is his feet? We are. So we have the honor and the privilege of putting him in his place. So when the enemy comes after your finances, or he comes after a loved one, he wants to destroy a relationship. He comes after a marriage. He comes after uh, uh, your health. He comes after your calling. Is when you rise up and you get on the full armor of God. And then when you stand in the full armor of God, you're able to allow your spirit man to be strengthened by his spirit and your inner man. And you're able to declare the word of the Lord over your situation. If he's attacking your finances, you say in Jesus' name, I bind you away from my finances, the one that is trying to steal my finances, and I command you to leave. Because whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. I bind you. Yeah. That stomps on his head. I declare that greater is he that is in me so there is no sickness in my body that by his stripes I am healed. Yes. And you're stomping on his head. Amen. See, what you're doing is that you're releasing the power of God to destroy the works of the devil. He's coming after your marriage. You say enough is enough. I stand in the authority of Jesus Christ and I declare that the blood of the Lamb covers my wife and myself. I declare that the blood has defeated the evil one. I overcome you right now by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. The blood defeats the enemy. So every time you do that, you ought to see up here, it is a big old mess of blood. I mean, there is a lot of activity going on right now. If you see this stage, oh my goodness. I'm going to get the vacuum cleaner. All right. But you've got to realize your, your feet were made for stomping. You know? Yes. When you guys get like that? Are you ever getting like that? Yeah. Where you're able to say, you know what? Enough is enough. 
You just almost need to get a righteous anger yeah. in your heart. It's like, I'm being pushed around too much. Yeah. It's time to do some devil song. So, there's an, I'm just going a little longer and I'm winning. There's an incredible privilege that we have as believers to minister healing to those around us. And you know, ministering healing is stomping on the devil's head. When you're ministering the healing power of Jesus, you're stomping on his works to try to bring sickness and illness into someone's life. But remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Um, I'll never forget this because it's so marked to me and, and just so um, spoke to me that I need to grow up in this area. My spiritual mother, who you all know, uh, Dolores Winter, who went on to be with the Lord, had a healing ministry. And I, I, I would be with her as she was ministering in, in rooms like this. And I was seeing the blind eyes open, cancer be healed. I was seeing marriages be restored. And then she would say, Sam, I want you to pray for that person over there. So I'd go over here and I'd say, so how can I pray for you? And uh, the person would share with me and whatever it might be, you know, on my hip, I would need prayer on my hip. And I'd pray, you know, I just wasn't seeing, I wasn't seeing the healing that she was, you know, God was flowing through her and I wasn't like seeing it myself, you know, happening, people being touched. And, and not that it's me, but I wasn't seeing this power be released. And, uh, and I was standing in faith, and after the service, I looked at her, and I said, I said, Dolores, I said, um, why is it when I pray I'm not seeing, you know, that much activity? not seeing people. She said, because you don't believe before you see it that it's happening. You don't believe that you have it, that the person who has the healing before it manifests. You have to believe in your heart that when you declare His Word, it is finished. When you declare His Word over somebody that by the stripes on His back that we were healed or that He sent His bread to heal us of all our diseases, if you don't believe, because Scripture says you can speak to that mountain and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say is going to happen. And it shall be uprooted, yes. cast into the sea. And then he says, and it will be granted to you. So the activation of the belief that someone's healed before they're healed has to take place for it to manifest. So we see here that <clears throat> faith comes by hearing. Healing or faith for healing comes by hearing and hearing of the word. And we can see this in the following passages. Let's look at Acts 14, verse 7 through 10. Acts 14, 7 through 10. And there they continued to preach the gospel. At Lystra, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who when he had fixed his gaze on him, he had seen that he had failed to be made well. He said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. 
leaped up and he began to walk. You know, just casually reading this, we might think, wow, it's wonderful that Paul healed that person. And, but Paul did not heal that man. And the, the, the man was not healed because of Paul being an apostle and there was power of God flowing through him. That's not what healed the man. The man himself had faith. Paul did three things. He preached the gospel. He perceived that the man had faith. And he told the man to stand up. The man did three things. He heard Paul preach the word. He had faith to be healed. And he leaped up and walked. The man was not healed by some power which Paul had. The man himself had faith to be healed. So how did he get the faith to be healed. He heard Paul speak and preach the word. The word is what gave him faith to believe that he was healed. He heard the word. We, we, we receive faith by what? The hearing of the word. When the word was spoken, faith arose in his heart. Paul could actually see the faith on the guy. He could say, I see faith. This man is going to be healed. All he had to do was say, stand up. He laid hands on him. He just said, stand up and leap. Just jump up and down. The man gets up and down. If Paul preached anything else except the gospel, the man would have not been healed. Because the word of God imparts faith to those that hear. So Jesus came. I mean, Paul preached the full gospel. He preached the full gospel that Jesus came to save, heal, and deliver. So in that, he heard it. And he was like, I want it. He had faith and belief for it. Paul just had to say, well, then get up and jump up and down. And he did. Mark 5, 34, the woman uh, that was healed with the issue of blood. Remember, Jesus said to her in verse 34, Mark 5, 34, he said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, Jesus did not say that it was his power which made the woman whole. He said, your faith made you whole. Your faith made you whole. So it's our faith in Christ that will heal our bodies. So where did she get this faith? Let's look, let's, let's look at this. Well, earlier in Mark, in Mark 5, verses 27 through 28, after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak, for she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get healed. So where did the woman get her faith to receive the healing? She heard the words of Jesus. is imparted through the hearing and the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hearing the words imparts faith. So how did the man in Lystra get faith to be healed? He heard the word of God preached by Paul. So their hearts were ignited. So all these great miracles are taking place that we're understanding that the ministry of Jesus of preaching the word 
has been given to us. Yes. All we've got to do is declare the Word of God. And as the Scripture says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. By His stripes we were healed. Is anyone sick among you? Have the elders pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. He sent His Word and healed us of all of our diseases. He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. You know that, you know that when your body is sick in a various spot that your whole body rallies to try to mend and heal that one area in your body. Do you know that? If, if there's one part of your body that's hurting, God has designed our bodies that we work as a unit. And we're working to bring healing or restoration to that place in our body. Do you know that's the way we are to be for each other? We are the body of Christ. Members of one another. If I'm the arm, Jimmy over there is the leg. If Jimmy's the leg, then Elijah is the right arm. She's the neck <laughs> that turns the head. Wherever the neck goes, I go. Oh, I know. But, but you know what? If, we can, if you can realize that your body, if you have an infection in your body, your body rallies to see, see that one area healed. We as the members of Christ, when somebody's hurting in our midst, we rally around each other and pray for one another. In faith, declaring the word, and we're going to see people healed. Yes. Yes. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, some of you may have noticed I was absent for about six weeks, and uh, I was had a congestion thing going for a couple weeks in July, and then on the second of August I came down with COVID, and I'm old enough that it really, really attacked my body, and I was really in bad shape for a very long time. And I didn't announce it, didn't put it on Facebook. Some people in this body didn't even know, where's Jennifer and what's going on? But I did have people in the body, a few, that I reached out to. And it was like that story of the friends that tore open the roof and lowered the paralytic down to Jesus to be healed. I could not pray. I could not read the word. I could not even put on worship. Those things that normally I would do, I could not. But I had the body come around me and they did what I couldn't. And so what he's saying is exactly true and exactly right. When you have people in the body that you know will go to war for you and pray for you, 
That is what brought me through because there was a point where Second Timothy that I read um, two thirteen about I was feeling faithless. I couldn't even do anything, and I was feeling at one point the devil really came hard at me, and I was feeling abandoned by Jesus because I couldn't hear him and I couldn't feel him and I couldn't see him, but those in the body came around me and I know that I know that I know their prayers are what brought me through because it was bad y'all it was a bad thing but those I just want to publicly say thank you to those who knew and those who prayed in faith yes. not in fear yes. they prayed in faith for me and declared the word over me and it is a big part of what brought me through. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So I want to ask you, um, as it says in James, is anyone sick among you? Um, let them come to the elders. Let them come to the leaders. Let them come to a Bible-believing individual. If anyone's sick, just if, if you're battling with something in your body and you need some prayer, why don't you raise your hand? If you have anything in your body right now that we can pray about, okay? Anything else, okay? Anybody? Okay. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to be the body. So if you needed prayer, I want to see your hand up again. If you don't mind, raise it up high. And I want us just to come around each other. And if we can put on this little music, prayer music, it doesn't have to be devil stomping music, just a little music. But uh, if you... Raise up your hand. I want everybody to get up and go to those people. And let's just begin to declare the word of the Lord over them in faith. If you need healing, I just want you to raise your hand. And let's just begin to um, let's just begin to pray the prayer of faith. It is the prayer of faith that heals. So let's just begin now to pray. If you need to go get your children, you can go get your children.
Okay. I need that piece of dash. Alright, everybody. Alright, we have a little testimony here. Um, I've been having a lot of trouble with my right. Um, I've been having a lot of trouble with my right hip for quite a quite a while and it really was bothering me today. And they prayed and our great Dan went after it and um, it, I mean, yeah, I feel like I now have a heating pad and it feels so good. So thank you. Thank you, Lori. Rebecca, you want to follow that? Yeah. Rebecca wants to share a testimony. Um, so, last week, pre-baptism, the Lord took me on a really amazing spiritual journey, encountering Him in a way I'd never had before. Um, and let me experience the demonic in a way I hadn't before. And when I first did, I got really scared, and I was like, I know what's happening, and this hasn't happened to me before. And then Holy Spirit pinged in my head, Jesus. And so it took everything in me because of the constriction that I felt to just declare the name Jesus. And then he t and it went away. And then, then he took me on this beautiful journey of revealing a lot to me, and then took me and showed me way more like what we're going to be facing. And the oppression that I felt then was way more than I had the first time to a place where I felt like I was submerged under water and I couldn't breathe and I could no longer even say the name Jesus, but my head, I was like, I already know who's one. I am the righteousness of Christ. Jesus, the power of the blood covers me and defends me. And again, it wasn't lessening like it had the first time. It was getting more and more constricting. But I saw this clock that was counting down, and I just felt like the Lord was reminding me with that. You already know the victory, so even if you can't say it, even if you're hurting and broken and in a place where you, like Miss Jen, can't cry out, he, he is already done, it's already finished. Come to those around you and just declare the name Jesus, if nothing else, because it works. And getting <laughs> to experience that was surreal. And also just like, God is so good, and I, in that moment, was like, I can't breathe. I might pass out. Truly, I might die right now, but it doesn't even matter because it's already finished. So I just say that to encourage you guys. the word to the young lady, I, the power of God came into the room 
and the spirit of addiction, the taste of it, I believe with everything in me, it broke. Yeah. And so yeah. yesterday Woo. she told me, Tanya, when I went home, I didn't do anything. I fell asleep. <laughs> and I, I gave God glory because I knew immediately the power of God broke her in that living room. He met her where she was in the living room. And so I continued to pray. And so my little cousin came in, 18 years old. She came in the room to get something for my auntie. And she walked out the room and she started crying. And I heard her say, I feel like something's pulling me back to the room where I was praying. And so she, my auntie said, well, go in there. And I said, come on, I'll pray with you. And she just laid on my shoulder. But I felt the power of God's love break some cycles off of her. Yeah. I saw him show his love and fill her up. She had an encounter with the love of God. And that's so important in this hour. They see so much, but when you can give them the love of God, look how much love does for our body, our mind, our soul. And so I really believe that we are in a time of seeing miracles, signs, and wonders like never before. And I thank God for, for using me and choosing me for such a time as now to minister his word and see his floodgates open in the communities that we grew up in. You know, so I wanted to just give God glory for that because that's a miracle. Um, I also want to just publicly thank, as Jennifer was saying, the body for being the body. As you guys know, I've been in the position of the head coach over at Montreat um, for the women's soccer team. And it's been hard. And I would not make it without you guys. And, you know, there's been weeks where people are like, how are you? And I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> like, ask me two months from now and maybe I'll be able to tell you. Um, but just in terms of having a prayer team that's holding up my arms, like I felt the covering of the Lord this week in what was probably one of the most stressful weeks uh, of season so far. A whole bunch of stuff was, was going down. There's a situation with the player. We had a, a midweek away game that we were going to be getting back super late from. And we have to drive our players. So... I'm driving a 15-passenger van after coaching a game. That's exhausting. Oh, yeah. And so we were playing actually the second game, the 7 o'clock game. The men's, men's team went to overtime. My assistant and I were like, of course, this game's going to overtime. So we didn't start till like an hour later, almost 8 o'clock at night. So after that game, because of the stress of the other situation where I had to be at a meeting at 8 o'clock that morning, um, and I was like, I am crashing. And we haven't even started this drive. We're going to get back to campus at 2 in the morning. And so just got a couple people praying and was able to put on some worship music. And I was like, like at the beginning of the drive, I'm like, oh, my eyes are having trouble focusing. And then got that worship music on. And I was like, I am so alert. And like the energy level that I have had this week amidst the level of just having to get stuff done, which is one of the most heightened of the season, um, is just 
there is no other explanation besides the Lord and, and the prayers of this body. So thank you for that and praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Bonnie, I just declare over you that you're healed. Yes. You're healed. It is finished. You're healed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. The boots in, pretty cool. Yeah. I've seen those before. Uh, there's a saying in that in a lot of elite groups, if your mind can go there, your body can go. But if your mind can't go there, your body's never going to go there. And that's Satan's biggest tool is you can't, you're never going to. I deal with that a lot to rescue mission where men have been told all their lives they can't, they're never going to be any better. It's this way. You're born that way. It's in my DNA. It's genetics. I say, bull, uh, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah. And I don't care what's happened to you. And people want to tell you the reason why they can't. But Jesus says, nothing is impossible with God. So when you start with the reason, just stop. Because I don't want to hear it. I hear all these people tell me stuff. I said, Jesus, that's the answer. What you can't do, that's not it. What's happened is not it. It is all about Jesus. So, uh, the Lord has impressed on me for many, many, many months now to say this. If you've got something going on you want to stop, come get prayer. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you struggle with it all your life. I don't care. The big, you know, in America, like we, I'm sitting on the couch one day, I'm watching TV. And you see, you know, everybody's a model on TV. And I'm sitting there one time. And I'm thinking, Lord, like, why don't I have a chest like that? He said, you do. I made it that way. He said, keep shoving those chocolate chip cookies in your mouth and you're never going to have it. <laughs> so you've got you to stop. And the other night at the gym, I was tired. I work all the time. I work 16, 18, 20 hours a day and then go to the gym. So everybody in there is like 18, 20, 24 years old. I did 101 sit-ups in 2 minutes and 15 seconds. I haven't done it since 1985 when I left the military. 101 steps. I'm 60 years old. You got to do a minimum of six pull-ups in the second phase of the SEAL team to basic underwater demolition. I did 10 at work the other day. I'm 60 years old. I've been in rollover crashes, fires, explosions. I don't have cartilage in either knee. Everybody says I can't, but my Bible says I can. Yeah. It said Caleb was 100 years old. It said his strength did not diminish that of a young man. So come get prayer. Something's real here today. I felt it as I went. I didn't speak. I just felt the presence of the Lord. I know the anointing I have. I know the authority I have. And this time everybody's like my sister talking about walk, step into it. During the flood, I told Sam about this. I got to meet all the members of the Swiftwater Rescue Team. And I'm like, man, I'm strong as a bull. I got a great handshake. So I go up to the first lady. You had made a mistake. He grabs my hand and just breaks the freaking bones <laughs> in my hands. I go to the next one. There's 35 of them. You know, I'm trying to keep a straight face. And I'm like, give me some apple. <laughs> but all those guys, I mean, they must all be ex Coast Guard rescue swimmers or seals or immigration. But the Lord was telling them, He said, their life depends on, and somebody else's lives depend on how they work out at the gym. They know that when they go to work out, they don't go to play. They go to save someone's life. 
And he said, what if people in your church and you in particular got your spiritual life in such shape that someone's soul depends on it? So why don't we as a body get fit spiritually first, physically. We can all do it. We can do it together. And it's so doable. I don't care what anybody says. If I can do it, you can do it. And I'm going to do greater things. Because His Word tells me I'm going to do greater things. So if you need prayer, please come up here. Let us pray for you. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Don't let the enemy intimidate you anymore. You've got to get out of this zone. And I'm so glad I have seen the Lord break through in that in my life. When you think you can't, you can. But you've got to believe it. And when you do, anything's possible. I can go on forever because God made me that way. Amen. <laughs> amen. Good job. Alright, amen. Well, if you still need prayer, let somebody know. We'll pray for you. If not, let's just, I want to bless you um, as we go. Father, I pray you bless and keep each and every one. God, I ask you to just watch over them this day. And I declare as I hold up the shield of faith over this church that the blood of Jesus covers everyone in this room. That your blood covers this church and that no weapon formed against them shall prosper this week. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you that, Lord, you will lift up your countenance upon us and that you're going to give us your shalom peace. So, Lord, we thank you for your peace. And, Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let your peace be upon the city. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Amen.